Hey guys, I'm so glad that you came back. Uh, that means I haven't bored you to death yet and I've added value. Um, what I have not done is been your guru. That's not my purpose. That's why it's hashtag not your guru because I don't have that in me to be that. Uh, and that's not, you know, uh, sliding myself in, in the slightest, pun intended. Um, it's because nobody has that power to be your guru. It's whatever you go out and seek, whatever you self-develop on, whatever you fill your ears, brain, eyeballs with is completely your responsibility, your ownership. And so you are your guru. I am not. However, I'm glad that you tuned in today because that means that you see value in seeking out and that your goals are to be uh, similar or, or aligned with some of my guests. And today I have a friend of mine that has been a friend of mine for many, many, many years. We've done a lot of really cool things together and just um, <clears throat> in this virtual uh, uh, living um, have gotten even closer, which is ironic because we've been friends only in the virtual setting since we've met each other. Uh, but the last two years is the time where I think everyone is utilizing it a little bit more and, and taking to heart that humans matter way more than we probably appreciated is the right word two years ago. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce um, someone that I even me personally want to know more about. Um, so tell us a little bit about you, um, who you are, what you do current day. And then um, everyone knows my typical questions. Uh, we'll get started. All right, awesome. Well, I'm super excited to be here today. My name is Shelly Smith and I own Premier Rapport. Premier Rapport is a business consulting firm um, everything that is workplace culture related in a nutshell, which is a huge umbrella. And so, no, I do not have a particular client base that I work with or a particular niche. I literally, in anytime there's two people together, there's a culture. So um, I lean into the little and I lean into the people who have the, the thousands in the organization. I've been doing this for about 13 years, specifically in my business. And then prior to that, I was in the typical corporate America in some really large companies. And so there's that. Absolutely. I love what you said. Um, there is no niche for what you do or specific industry per se or type of company. Um, because at the end of the day, humans are humans. And in right. a business, it is made of lots of humans from different angles. You've got your client or customer, your, your external human, um, and you've got your internal humans. I think what um, a lot of companies do wrong, in my opinion, is they spend a lot of money, investment, and time in their external humans, right? To get the money, right? Yep. Get that dollar and not enough time on their internal humans, which if they actually reverse that, they wouldn't have to chase their external humans so hard and try to sell them so hard because their people just naturally would attract and sell and do so well and be happy and stay with them. And so I've got to ask, what are the two things that you think you bring to the table the best or ask the most of you, you know? So I, I think everybody's unique. So I'm not, um, I, I want to remain modest when I say my uniqueness, 
um, because I am modest. But my uniqueness is the fact that um, unlike some other consultants, I remain highly applicable. I still get my hands dirty in every single way. So I'm not tossing it off to, to someone else. I'm living and breathing all of the drama that happens inside of the day-to-day -day world when I'm living it too. Um, and so I've been there and done that. I, I always laugh and say, I got in the boat. I went out. There were a lot of storms. There were a lot of currents, but I'm happy to report I've made it back to the, to the shore. And I'm more than happy to expand, you know, expand upon those experiences. And maybe you'll find something in there that helps you along the way. Um, so that's the, I think that's makes me uh, different from a lot of coaches that are out there. A lot of consultants that are out there is those two elements of been there, done it, lived, survived, tell the story. And I stay in it deliberately on the, on the daily, um, for that. And so with it, I think that's why commonly people come to me for how can you help our leaders? You know, it's like, they need communication. They don't know how to talk to people. It goes right to what you just said in that this, Unfortunately, or fortunately, the last two years have taught companies that, yeah, we have a great, uh, uh, you know, the great resignation. Um, are we in the middle of the great reflection and we want to avoid the great regret? And in order to do that, we have to make sure that we are treating people as humans first. And so anything around the leadership development, communication, how do we influence is typically why people come to me to begin with. I 1000% agree and it's so refreshing to hear it reaffirmed um, because so many consultants out there are exactly what this podcast isn't, which is trying to be a guru. And what that means and how it comes out is they say, this is what you need to be doing, or this is what you're doing wrong, and then go do it. And what uh, it sounds like you bring to the table, which I admire so much because I know what that does to your internal business and scalability is you do the work. Yeah, which is the fun part to, to I be think honest. So. You know, I, think so. I, I can't imagine having everything disseminated out because then I lose touch with my clients and then I lose touch with the very thing that I'm telling them that you need to stay in touch with is your people. So, yeah. Well, in, in everything evolves, environment, market changes people. And so what you're, you're bringing to the table would evolve and change based off of that. And if you're not tuned in, if you're not doing some of the work, if you're not in there with them to grow, to change, to be better, then you would eventually just be selling old tidbits. That's right. That no longer are applicable or going to give the results that you say that you can obtain, right? Absolutely. Which is what, unfortunately, you see on the market these days. And, and when you Google and, or people are, are too diversified and they, they don't stick on one thing. And so then you become the expert of absolutely nothing or the information hub of absolutely mm -hmm. no, nothing. 1,000%, 1,000%. What would you say are the two things that um, people that come to you that could be potential clients or are your clients already um, should be asking you that are not, they're not asking. That's always one of my favorite questions. It's, uh, <laughs> they should be asking me how they could most easily readily define and align their culture. And, you know, how do we get started in that they're going there? That is the root of all the leaks. And so if we don't start there, then you're grasping 
and you never get to where it is you really need to get to. So um, that is not typically the call that I get. Now it leads to that. It leads to that through the series of, ah, here's some links and the link is caused from, and you know, the filtration system's clogged because, and um, and so we get there, but they don't, they don't come in with that typically, or they're in denial. Yeah. Well, you get them there because you know, that's actually the ultimate question that needs to be solved and answered. And yeah. so you kind of coach them to that because yeah. honestly, I think they're not asking it um, because they don't know that's the leak or that's the problem. A lot of times what we do is we holler and, and bellyache about the symptom of something, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, my leg hurts and it's really an internal thing. It has nothing to do with the leg, right? But we go to the doctor and we say, my leg hurts. And then they ask a bunch of questions to determine what actually is causing the symptom that I'm saying is the problem because it's not the problem, right? It's the symptom of the problem. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Analyze it first to figure it out before you prescribe. Everyone goes into prescriptive mode, which makes me bonkers yeah. without asking questions. Yes. But that's what you bring to the table, right? Yes. Is being able to get them there. I love that. Um, <clears throat> what would you say the number one thing that you teach to all your clients, to one, to a few, to what's the number one thing that you teach that not only are you the most passionate about, um, and maybe it's the same, maybe it's different, maybe you're the most passionate about that, um, but also you think is um, a game changer. Like it actually has a uh, visual, a tangible uh, result that you can see after you teach it. I think the typical thing um, that I would say, because I am obsessed about, I'm, I'm, I'm above and beyond passionate about workplace culture and the interaction of people. I truly am obsessed with it. And every, every lens and every walk that I take, I put that on and I have a reflection of that. But the core starts with us first. We have to self-reflect. You know, that notion of when you point, you've got three fingers, you know, coming back at you. The self-reflection moment of why do we do what is it we think, say, do, feel, act? If we don't know why we're doing, then we it's really hard to adjust. And I call it put yourself on the shelf in order to pivot to others' needs. And so that self-reflection piece is probably the, the hands-down most reflective portion. And typically, all of my, my training starts with the self-reflection because once you understand yourself, then you ask the question, am I willing to adjust to what Tiffany needs now that I know what I know? Um, so self-reflection, self-awareness. Absolutely. You know, that's interesting because um, I don't know many people that would know how to even teach that. To even get at that. Well, I do have... <laughs> I do have a, a few certifications under my belt and tools that I love. You know, one of them is predictive index. I lean into uh, reliable, scientifically based tools like predictive index, um, emotional intelligence, um, all of the reading and the research that I've learned, that I've gone through, every philosophical notion that there is to man that I apply it to life. And, and have stories and wins around it. And so that's where I've fallen into. And I say fallen into because man, girl, if I would have known this stuff back in my younger days, I yeah, would right. not 
have done some of the things that I did and that I said that crushed people that I'm mortified about now. But yes, so um, so that's where I get it. And that's where I fell in love with it. And that's that's how I'm able to connect all those pieces. And again, I have to say that it's not one thing. It's multiple things that make us who we are. So that's another thing that makes me crazy when someone says, take just this assessment or just read this book or just do. No, 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 no. We got to go back to our childhood <laughs> because that gives us a foundation of our self-worth and how we go through this little thing called life. And then we start layering, you know, every, everything else. And so that's the other thing through the self-awareness is pulling, pulling the entire dichotomy you know, inside of why do we not think we need to be vulnerable? What creates fear inside of this? Why do we have courage or not have courage? What's causing the resiliency or not, you know, on top of that? And that's all self-awareness. It's all self-awareness. Do you think in business, whether it be small business, big business, um, do you think that having healthier humans um, with more self-awareness changes the bottom line and the profit margins within small business or, or a big corporate company. Yeah, 100%. And you can, you know, there's a lot of Harvard business reviews that absolutely verify that as well, uh, above and beyond the polling, but the people who do all the research, um, confirm that absolutely true. It's just, it's a, it's the same as the statistical, um, mystery of workplace culture and how to quantify that. I get that all the time. And like, how do you, it's, I keep hearing it's important, but like, how do you quantify it? And then I give them list and list and list and list. And all of this are the things that are causing leaks from your culture. That is the sucking sound of your bank account leaking because you think you're not quantifying it really. And, you know, going back to the very foundation. So yes, the answer is yes. 100%. Yeah, I think what you can absolutely do uh, day one is quantify uh, what is not happening because <laughs> it, people aren't happy and they're sick, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're just doing uh, the million things they're told to do and the different ways they're told to do them and their brain doesn't compute the way that it's being done or said, or there's conflicting information out there because the processes internally are a little skewed, especially as you grow, that happens, right? Yeah. Um, humans, if the humans are confused, like they're not actively and confidently pulling the trigger on things, moving the needle, moving the needle, because there's so much time um, from the brain to the movement of doing something in confusion or unhappiness or cloudiness, right? Absolutely true. It's that clog in the filtration system that happens to us. And it physically makes us sick. Again, there's research around the, especially the last two years, the stress, the anxiety, and uh, the cost to the employer, and let alone before you start to quantify what's happening inside of someone's household, because now that stress and that anxiety, they're losing, they're losing their job. And when they're losing their job, now they're creating more stress. And now they have the weight of their family. And, you know, how can they simply keep clothing on their back, food on the table and a shelter above their head? So again, there's, unfortunately, I say a lot of research around it that absolutely quantifies that. Literally, there's articles on my job made me sick, literally titles, my job made me sick. And it's true. It's true. Yeah. 
1,000, believe it, 1,000. You know, I was interested before um, I came on today. Uh, in particular, um, there's lots of smart business owners out there that um, either logically or with their heart or both understand the importance of their humans being happy and being um, self-aware and investing in them. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of them. But I was really kind of drawing a blank and, and interested. How do they know when to call Shelly? Like, how do they know, how do they even know what to Google search or articulate what they need? Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. The common things uh, people are Googling turnover. Nowadays, thank God, people are actually Googling culture. And I'm one of the few actual culture people that I, I'm the only person who does uh, workplace culture certification. And so for that, you know, for the obvious, but the other things are the, the leaks that they're having. So they'll Google things around employee engagement, around turnover, around retention, succession planning, um, those hiring and selection, those, those type of things um, is how they will end up to me, which is why when they come to me, they're talking about, do you have something to help me hire and select? Do you help people with the interviewing side? Do you, can you help me with leadership and development? And then it, it, you know, it trickles into, but it goes back to your comment about they start with the, uh, the symptom and the symptom is the turnover, but that's what's causing the turnover. The, what's causing the turnover is the leader. The leader is living the culture that they're breathing. So let's come back into the mission, vision, the value. And so now we're going backwards to go, ah, oh, it is a culture thing. Oh, we are misaligned. How do we do that? How do we define that? How did you just do that? How did you do that in five minutes? Well, you have the word innovation in your vision statement. You talk about collaboration in your mission statement. And you talk about growing sales. But the values have nothing to do with any of those things. And when I just asked your team to underline the action words of your mission, your vision, and your values, there is no synchronization, let alone before I go ask your team to put on a sticky note, write three to five words to describe your culture, and then take another sticky note and write down your personal values. We've got answers all day long that have zero alignment. That's how we get to it and do it so quickly. And they're like... Uh, that's amazing yeah. how did you even get down on this path I mean you've been here on this journey for 15 years right close, yeah close to that yeah. accident yeah. Tiffany it was an accident I grew up in an entrepreneurial home when it wasn't called that and um, it was a family-owned business I started working when I was 11 doing this and doing that with my parents uh um, they had an auction house and a restaurant. And so, you know, I worked there and of course hated it at the time, but now I appreciate it. And then I ended up working for Marriott for years, was in the hotel industry, moved into a franchise and thought it was always about the brick and mortar. And I went down the brick and mortar uh, uh, road with uh, a partner. And then I was sucked dry. I was fried. I hated it. And I had a conversation with a franchise broker and the franchise broker uh, came back and pitched me ultimately that it's not about the brick and mortar. It's about the people. Everything that you described in every way that you answered everything was about you developing people, you developing human beings, you creating succession planning, the power of multiplication in creating leaders. And I was like, oh, oh my God, it is, it is, it is. And so 
that's how, that was the birth of my company. Originally, executive coaching, peer board review, um, meeting with leaders once a month in small groups. And then that led to um, that it's not that, it's actually the workplace culture environments and fun things that I had done in my previous life as an executive in hotels. And so it was, it was an accidental discovery, which I'm super happy. Now, there were a lot of bumps and bruises along the way, but that's how I got here. No, absolutely. There always is, right? Yeah. Yeah. There always is. I mean, uh, maybe I'm a sick human, but I actually are, am more fond of those uh, missteps in my journey than I am of um, the right steps. And I say that because I must be more fond of those missteps because those are the ones that come to my mind when I look back at what I have accomplished is all the missteps that led me to where I am today and realizing that from them, I became more self-aware, which I think is a a huge uh, value teaching that you bring to the table because um, you know, I wasn't joking and, and also come from a, a similar uh, educational point in what I do. Um, and, and that's that self-awareness is not something that is uh, rarely understood enough uh, by an individual to then be able to teach how to develop your own self-awareness. Yep. It's a very, very uh, uh, rare, unique thing. I agree. It's interesting that you said, I never thought about it until you were saying it, the, the fall downs and us getting up, it's, it's, it is truly where the joy comes from because you can backtrack. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that bruise, mm-hmm. uh, for that wrinkle, for that broken this or that, I wouldn't be where I am and I went and learned this and I couldn't share one of the most profound, simple books that I read, and I'm looking on my bookshelf right now, I want to try to get it right. It's called The Meaning of Life. And I can never say his name correctly, but he's the author. He was in a, um, um, he was in a, a camp and um, he talks about um, when the concentration camps and he talks about the journey through and his life. At the end of the book, the whole thing is about finding the meaning of life. Finding the me- meaning of life is realizing that it's not about you. You're not here um, on earth for you and your life, but your responsibility to share your life experiences with others. That is the meaning of life. And I'm not getting all of that correctly. And I hope that when people hear me say that, they totally get it. But I'm like reading this book, Faster and Furious. I mean, he doesn't want the meaning of life, right? And I'm reading all of the details about the concentration camp. And then at the very end, you know, the meaning of life is your responsibility to share what you've learned with others. That's the meat, the gift, it's the gift. And I was like, oh, and that just goes to the core of what you just said. Sorry. I had, no, I had a rabbit no, moment. <laughs> no, I, I love it because I love it because you just in a tangible way, um, really, uh, put, uh, validation on, I think what we're both saying, which is, you know, you're furiously reading this book, trying to get the answer. Right. Yeah. And the last page tells you the answer that it was the other 999 pages you already read. That was the answer. Yeah. In its simplicity of form, 
Yeah, we chase uh, my daughter a few uh, a few weeks ago. Said, "Why do they always call it this short life, or the one life you live?" She's like, "We only have one life." Like, why do people say that? Life is short. We don't know how long. You know, she's like, "Get busy living." I love that. And I was like, "It's true." It all all of those things that as we as we get older, oh, she figured it out before I did. But yeah, we overcomplicate things as humans. Period. Overcomplicate and think they're complex, but they're not complex. We overcomplicated them. <laughs> oh, one thousand percent. All of our complications in our life were one hundred percent created by ourselves. Yeah. Even if you think they involve so and so, or it's this circumstance or that, no, we created it. We created it being a problem. Yes. In our lives, a hundred percent on our own. And yeah. again, it really always rolls back to that one piece your lack of self-awareness makes you think that it has something to do with anybody else but you to solve it. And your lack of self-awareness treats it as if it is a problem rather than part of the journey of figuring out how you can add more value to the humans outside of you. 100%. Well, what that value is right? Yeah. 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 Instead of uh, taking on the value that others have, uh, or we allow others to label us or to give our, our worth for. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. So I always say this, um, mainly because it just keeps me in suspense too. Um, you know, a lot of times podcasts, they, they interview people and there's a lot of talk about all the right things they've done and um, what they have now and their accomplishments and their success. And I listen to those and I love them. Uh, They all have a purpose for me or I wouldn't be listening to them because I purposefully seek out things that I listen to or read or watch. Um, But not a lot of them really say, okay, that's true for you. You've reached so many accomplishments, so much success. And by the way, just staying in uh, what you do for as long as you have, like staying in the game. I mean, I can Google right now consultants for any type of industry or generically, and I will pull up so many people that are no longer even in the game. Yeah. Because they sold something that was not actually result-driven or valuable um, or genuine, right? Yeah. So out of the game. So just staying in this space uh, for as long as you have is an incredible notch, right? Like you probably will agree uh, with me. I no longer sell myself. I just say I've been doing this for 13 plus years. Yeah. And nobody's left me. Yeah. And don't get on a call with me and let me tell you all the ways I'm amazing because what else would I say, right? <laughs> I'm going to give you some cell phone numbers after you text or call them, then we'll hop on a call and, and onboard you. Yes. Right? Yeah, ab- yeah, abs- uh, yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that because when people stumble around, are there any references? I'm like, okay, well, if you're stumbling around that, there's a problem. I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, absolutely. So with all that said, there's continual growth. You didn't get 
to the years of doing what you've done and, and doing it so incredibly well um, by not, you know, uh, realizing that today you've got to grow and tomorrow you've got to grow and, and next month. So I always have uh, my guest give me a three month update. Okay. And at the end of every podcast, we figure out when I say we, you, because it's your life. <laughs> uh, where, so where do you go? Where is your self-development from here? Where, where do you um, grow from here? What, what's on your horizon? What goal are you going to accomplish in the next three months? Well, aside from the revenue goals, which I have all kinds of games I play with, my, with myself um, because I'm just crazy like that from closes to what, whatever whatever it is. So aside, I'll, I'm going to set that aside. It's not important. I recently read the book, uh, Atomic Habits by uh, James Clear. Um, it's really good. It's simple, but it's, it's about forming habits and how you change habits. And he's, if, if, you, if you've not read it, y'all, you need to read it. Um, but in that, the premise is around the 1%. What are you going to do 1% different? How are you going to give me the 1%? Somebody stuck in something 1%. So I literally in the process of uh, I just started the, the journaling of just the, my 1% book, uh, trying to Love figure it. out what are those 1%. Um, so I can't give you a what I'm going to do uh, in the next three months with the 1%, but I'm making a list. So if you're going to follow up with me, I would love for you to say, Shelly, where are you at from a 1% accumulation and how has that changed your life? It would be something like that. And I can tell you that some of those, those things of, I'm not a person who lives in regret. I, I am a person who, you know, leans into those life lessons, like we were saying before, but there are things that, that moving forward that I want to consciously do differently. So for example, and I know this resonates with you traveling a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been the person to, I fly in and fly out. I book back to back It's business, 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 mm -hmm. no more. I'm going to live life. So wherever it is that I'm going, there's going to be bookends of living life. So part of my 1% is just take it in and quit stressing about, um, it used to be stressing about the money. Well, that's, that's gone. That's mm -hmm. gone. The money, there's always more money. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I just want to live. And I, already, I did already start that a little bit with bringing uh, when my kids or my family member, or my friends can come with me. I'm like, come on, let's go. Let's go. You can do this while I'm doing, you know, a speaking or whatever I'm doing. And then we're going to go do this before, you know, and after. So the 1% is what I would want you to remind me on. Do all of that. <laughs> I will, I will, because I have spent a lot of time um, here recently, but I would say ultimately in the last year, also really evolving to that because it became my level of success. Like that is my level of success now. It's no longer um, a monetary goal, although I have those, right? Because sure. I'm also money motivated, right? And I have sure. those. I mean, I'm a yeah. single mom over here. And a lifestyle that I want to keep up, right? That's um, right. So money matters. Like, don't get me twisted on that. It matters. Exactly. But it no, but it no longer is my gauge of success. My mm -hmm. own personal uh, feeling of accomplishing something no longer is tied to the dollars that I made that month or that year or that day or that call or, or, or whatever, or what I'm going to make. It now is tied to, did I furiously read that book to get the answer? Or did I feel the page as I turned to the next one? Yes. Right? Absolutely. Somebody asked me recently at a conference, how do you, how would you double your happiness? 
I haven't figured that out yet, but that's a damn good question. I love, hey, you know what? I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So that's that, you know, 1% piece, but it goes, it goes to that. Yeah. So there we go. All right. Well, I'm going to do it. It's going to be in the calendar. I'll get a little short video and you can tell me where you are on that. And uh, guys, I'll tune you in as well. Don't worry. I'm not going to save it just for myself. <laughs> I appreciate you so much. You're one of the most lovely humans that I have the privilege of being a part of your life and watching your journey and, and just um, the, the education and teachings that you put off without uh, that being the intention, uh, because it truly is your truth. Teaching um, human nature and how to practically change it, use it, respect it, appreciate it, understand it, um, is beautiful and it's needed. Thank you. Mm. Um, Mm. Keep on rocking it. We need more of you in this world. If we had more of you in this world, uh, or if I can multiply you, uh, there would be a lot more happiness felt and, uh, a lot more or a lot less pain in the world for sure. Thank you very much. I'm humbled. Thank you. So blessed to have you today. Love you to pieces. You have a good day, my friend. You too. Bye. Bye, listeners.